day. Welcome back, everybody. We got the crew. We got Taylor. We got Bill Mo, And, of course, you've got me here, Ben, ready to talk some movies. What's up, boys? Tay, how you doing, buddy? I'm happy to be back. Um, we've heard we've heard from the fans that you guys you guys want more of this podcast. Um, All three of you. And Joe, that was really rude, what, what you said to me. You know what you said? And, uh, you know, didn't appreciate it. But you know what? Going to come back anyway and give you some more pods. So you're welcome. Well, I didn't know Taylor was coming with an axe to grind with some of the people out there. But, hey, <laughs> it is what it is. You got to do Bill, what you How you doing, do. buddy? Doing well. Uh, yeah, just, you know, I'm happy to be back. Happy we have a, you know, a, a consistent venue where you can just vent about current state of movies in all yes, forms. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This Jack of No Trades podcast is evolving. We're changing as people. It's not the same show we did back in 2015. You know, we've learned a lot. The technology's improved. We're doing this remotely with a new software. It's making things real seamless for us. So your boys are going to be podcasting more. And we're going to be talking a shit ton about movies and TV. So I hope everybody's ready. And for the seven fans out there listening, if you've got ideas for names for a podcast, love to hear it. We're doing a soft rebrand. We'll keep the feed. You can go back to your old favorite episodes. Like, I don't know. Taylor Swift you agree with Katie me Katie. on on Dark Knight <laughs> on the Dark Knight take. Let's not bring up Dark Knight on this podcast. Oh, I guess we already have now. But <laughs> well, and you can go Just back. You can listen to our glass segment, which is the best segment I think we've had in the history of the podcast. It was Just, a great segment. I, I did. I don't like to get too self indulgent, but I did listen to uh, the glass podcast and then listen to our old podcast we just did and it's a beautiful segue of just shitting on m night so I'm yeah proud of it's this, great these guys on this, this call glass from glass to old you know it just <laughs> it's impressive the things you repress from horrible oh yeah horrible cinema and i had forgotten all the horrible things about that movie so i'm glad we documented it it was necessary someone had to do it and yeah. we did it for all of you because i don't <laughs> I don't think anybody cared as much as we did going into that movie. Like we were definitely like the 1% of people walking in. So I don't know, but I'm not going back, dude. He's not tricking me again. Yep. All right. I'll Gents. be back. Taylor. Well, Taylor, Taylor's never quitting. So today we're here to talk to you guys about a topic that is pretty close to our hearts about two actors that have in a lot of ways defined movies over the last what four decades if yeah i mean these are a couple of the heavy hitters from my perspective um and it's a it's a tale of how you think you might know how a career will go and then some time passes and you look back and go holy shit is that really how this is playing out and the two people we're going to talk about today is tom cruise and our boy jake gyllenhaal now these I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy, just putting it out there. But I think the way he's approaching movies these days is definitely worth a conversation. And then obviously our boy Jake Gyllenhaal, we're always curious what he's up to, but he might not be making the mark. For me, I don't know. We yeah. can discuss, we're here to talk. So, I don't know, general thoughts. Where are you guys at with these guys? I I actually wanted to ask you since cred to you for the idea for this episode. What made you th make a connection between Tom and Jake in the first place? Because I typically would not even put those two in the same stratosphere, like the same layer at all. Like, what was your thought process there? You know, and, and Bilmo, you heavily influenced uh, me thinking about Tom Cruise. Uh, I just was thinking about how someone can have an, an intentional career and someone can have a completely scatterbrained sporadic career. And being on both ends of that spectrum, I think that categorizes where Tom Cruise is and where Jake Gyllenhaal is. It's like a guy that knows exactly what he's going to do every time he does something. And another guy, it's like, he might show up and be the lead. He may show up for two minutes and never see him again in a movie. Like, it's just a very, very different way of approaching a career to me. That's the, that's my perception. Maybe I'm off base. I don't know. Bill Moe, what are your thoughts about these two? 
Yeah, I mean, and I think to touch on why why these two come to mind is, I mean, they both have movies that released this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they basically they basically they both had movies that have, I guess, released within the last five years um, consistently. Like one, at least one movie a year, I guess, minus Tom Cruise. He kind of had a, it looks like he had a little gap between Top Gun and Fallout. Yeah. Um, because he's been busy. I mean, not only with Top Gun that came out, but he's been filming Mission Impossible back to back, um, part one and two. But I just feel like, I think what's interesting is Jake, I mean, they are very different actors because Tom Cruise is not someone who's ever. Apparently, I mean, if you look at his filmography, he's never been one to kind of delve into the indie genre. Right. He's not taking huge swings with foreign or unknown directors. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Cruz's earliest stages, he's been working with pretty big directors. I mean, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott, um, you know, Martin Scorsese, Oliver Stone. All He worked with every one of those guys before the 90s, even. I mean, yeah. so... I just think, and it's worked for him. I think it's worked for Cruz. I mean, Cruz has a pretty consistent career, whereas Jake G, he's he's tried both realms. He's definitely tried the blockbuster, and I feel like it's kind of failed him. Um, uh-huh. I mean, he, I thought he was fine in the most recent Spider-Man. That was his most recent swing. Um, you know, I I never saw like Prince of Persia. But not good. Uh, not good. I but like you know, he did. Then he did Day After Tomorrow, like these big blockbuster yeah. movies. And I just feel like that's not where Gyllenhaal thrives. Where it is where Cruz thrives. So it's interesting where each actor thrives in their own realm. And it's curious to think about Jake Gyllenhaal and his career because you go, he ca- he casted for Frodo in The Lord of the Rings. Right. Passed passed on that, which. The complexion of that movie is completely different if he's in Oh, my it. gosh, yeah. And I want to say it's better, obviously, because of, you know, I don't think Elijah Wood was great in those movies. But you just it's just like, what would have J.G. done in that role? Yeah. J.G. auditioned for Batman, for the Nolan Batman, you know? He, and for the Reeves Batman. Right, and the Reeves Batman. I mean, the guys out there putting himself into these positions to potentially get some crazy roles in really, really well-liked movies – and it hasn't always in these blockbusters specifically, and he hasn't really connected in a lot of those spaces for whatever reason. Um, I, and there's something about Cruz. It, he is like what you think of, you know, without even thinking about it, implicitly of what a movie star looks like. He's yes. just got that face. Yes. And he's on screen and you're like, yeah, I'm here. I'm supposed to be looking at a guy like this when I'm watching a movie on a big screen. It just looks right. And I don't know if that's just because he's has so much volume. Like we've grown up watching him in these kind of roles for so long, or if it's just like the way his head is, I don't know. It's just, it's it's really interesting. So I know that like you're not a huge Cruise guy, but I'm a pretty big Cruise fan, been for a long time. I feel like it's just he gives a shit when when he makes a movie, like he puts his all into it, and I think like you kind of feed off of that, like his energy, like and and one thing that's kind of interesting about both of them is. Has Jake Gyllenhaal done a like a prestige TV show or anything? I don't think so. I don't think I so. I don't think like no, like that's the thing about anything. Tom Cruise is like Tom Cruise is like I'm a movie star. I do movies. I don't do TV. And when I do a movie, I'm the lead. That's basically how he's been like his entire career. Like, but but tell me, do you feel like I get the vibe when I see Cruise in most like let's say movies in the last two decades that I've seen of him that I'm thinking of? He seems like he's on autopilot. Like it's, it's just solid. It's like that athlete that just makes it look easy. It's great. Like they're good. It's not like there's anything wrong with their game, but it doesn't seem impressive because it seems just like, yep, that's who he is. You know what I mean? It's definitely like a Tom Cruise is this type of person type thing, right? It's like Tom Cruise is a secret agent. Tom Cruise is a sports agent or whatever, right? He's a badass. Yeah. He's just explorer, space explorer, you know, like. He just he just looks yeah. apart and he just does it. You know, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like he's, you know, and that's just kind of a testament to him as an actor, I guess. Yeah, like thinking about it, there's not like, you know, how certain actors have just iconic performances that stick with them forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like Pacino and Godfather or, you know, Heath Ledger and Joker. Like, I can't think of one like like a character like that for Cruz in the same way. 
Yeah, no, that that's a good point. I don't think I I don't think of like a certain character when I think of Tom Cruise. I'm not I don't associate like you said, I don't associate him with a villain, you know, a Batman villain or you know, a comic book character and anything in that realm. Or I mean, Ethan Hunt is probably the biggest argument you can make just because yeah. that's you know, just spun off into a huge franchise that I think was always semi unintentional for Mission Impossible because <laughs> that way because there's yeah. such big gaps between a lot of the movie until Bro- Ghost Protocol it's almost like they never really intended for this to happen and but I yeah I would argue that Ethan Hunt is but even then I don't I I just I don't just immediately go to Ethan Hunt when I think Tom Cruise I just think movie star but, but like what's Ethan Hunt's defining trait Yeah nothing I don't know. <laughs> like it's a vehicle he's like, for running and he, jumping and explosions yeah. and shit. It's not he's like evil he can evil. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not like he has like, you know, a certain voice, you know, like uh Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Yeah. He doesn't have a certain look. He's just Tom Cruise, you know. It's <laughs> just like doing it, dude. Just and doing he's, it. He's got moments, right? So like one of yeah. my favorite cruise movies is A Few Good Men. Oh yeah. The courtroom scene's really good, right? And that's quotable. But like, yeah, you're not doing a voice. Like you're not when you're doing an impression of Cruz, you're probably not quoting that. Like you're not doing an impression of that character. It's more of like Cruz's personality as a whole, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. And I think you can say the same for Jake G. I, I don't know that I think you know, Jake G a, a you know, a certain character for Jake G either. I mean Ooh. I kinda disagree. Which with, with with what movie do you think? Nightcrawler, of? man. I was the same. I I honestly yeah, think I mean, Nightcrawler. Are we in like, agreement that you think that this is that that we know that's his best performance that I, he's given? He's really good in Brookback. In Brokeback, yeah. Oh, Brokeback, and uh, uh, in Prisoners yes. too. It, I I would go Nightcrawler first as a like for sure. That's number one for me. Yeah, but he's got some other like, Zodiac. Man, yeah, Zodiac killed it, man. I mean, he's so good. Like that descent he goes down is really memorable. As like a the layers, right? And and I don't mean to dig at Tom Cruise, but he just comes up one note in some ways. And I know he's not one hundred percent right because he because he has like his role in Magnolia, right? Where he's this insane asshole. Yeah, you know, massive life coach guy, life coach guy. But he has like that whole breakdown with his dad and everything, which is like a really memorable role for me. For with him, you've got him in Tropic Thunder, yeah, which is like so crazy when you think about everything else he makes these days. You know, so it's like no, that that, that's true. I mean, it's like I I do think as much as we we know Cruz or we think of Cruz as this one note guy, right? Uh I mean. Even just, I mean, I guess if you just look at every movie since 2012, since Jack Reacher, you know, yeah. um, or even before then, you know, Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, it, he's kind of played this one note character. Oblivion, did you guys see that? I did. I don't. I, I like Oblivion. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was good. I just don't remember it. But it was just like, yeah, Tom Cruise is like, you know, doing the space thing, you know? Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow was one of the most underrated movies I think ever made. I, it's getting, I, a, getting a sequel, though. Yeah, I know. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. But I, I do think Cruz, like, as you say, as you go back further in his in his career, like A Few Good Men, that is one of the greatest, to me, on-screen performances that I can remember. Like, he's mm-hmm. so electric in that movie. And the fact that he never got an Oscar nom in that, it, you know, and the fact that Jake G never got an Oscar nom for Nightcrawler. Um, I do believe Cruz has a few noms under his belt. He got nominated for Magnolia. Yeah, he did. Um, he got nominated for Jerry Maguire, and he got nominated for Born on Fourth of July. So he's got three Oscar noms. So I actually you think know, Jerry Maguire is overrated. I don't know where you guys land on that one. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I, yeah, I wouldn't argue against that. I saw it. I saw it maybe two years ago because it's just everyone talks about it. I think it just culturally at the time, I think people connected with it. I don't know if it holds up though as well. Hmm. But, but. So let's while we're here with Cruz, I'd love to drill down because I think there's some themes that we can kind of tie into around Top Gun. Yes, and I've got a Top Gun expert here, Belmo. How many times have you seen it now? I've (laughs) seen this three times in theaters. Okay, two times at IMAX, one at the normal. (laughs) 
theater. So I won't pretend to guide us through any plot points because clearly you're going to remember better than me, <laughs> uh, uh, having only seen it once. But damn, man! Like, welcome back to the fucking movies, dude. Seriously, holy cow! It kind of, it's kind of a miracle that yeah. this movie. Like, I just, I, I've never had close ties to Top Gun. I've never uh-huh. had like this big nostalgic. I've, I've, I'd seen it. I know what it is. I know what it's, you know, I know why people like it. It's one of the most like eighties movies ever made. But, and so it's like, okay, a Tompkins sequel. I, I remember even seeing the trailer. I was just like, oh, okay. You know, and I just remember going to the IMAX for the first time. And I, I wasn't just floored. I mean, by the, the sequences and the, the effects and the practical effects and all that. I mean, that's just a whole different level, but the emotional impact I felt from that movie is just, yeah. it's, it's contagious. Like, I was just like, I, I love this movie. And I remember just leaving and I was talking to the uh, guy at my work that I saw it with. And I was just like, I can't really explain why, but I love that movie. Mm-hmm. just the way it made you feel leaving the theater. Like I just, there was, and then obviously as I saw it two more times, uh, I understand a lot more why this movie has such an impact. But I want, kind of want to get your guys' reactions when you first saw it and what, you, what your expectations were going in. So I totally, I totally agree with everything you just said. So I was pretty excited about it. I love the original Top Gun. Um, going into it and coming out of it, though, and having – I saw it over Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's just kind of a vibe, the movie. There's not like a specific moment of Top Gun that I can point to, like a certain scene from like that was like it's just the overall like consumption of the movie just makes you feel good by the end of it. Like and honestly, it's pretty similar in story and kind of construction to the original Top Gun. Kind of hits the same beats, I'd say. It's got kind of a similar similar flow. But it's it's just a, it's literally like, I don't know why that movie makes you feel so good when you leave, but you're just like, wow, I'm I'm just feeling really good about things when like, I I'm, leave. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad. And the sound of the engines in the theater is like reason alone to go to the theater. Like, yeah. it's like shaking your seat. It's so loud. Like it's, you feel like you're in the cockpit. It's a, uh, it's it, thrilling. It, when we have a market that is so saturated with CGI, and for them to say, no way, this has to all be real. It just shows you the impact it can have on your experience, right? From a technical mm-hmm. level that I think we forget sometimes because we think, because we have gotten so good in that space. And then you see a movie like that and you go, oh my gosh, like I'm there. Like I'm with these guys. You, you feel like the sweat oh, yeah. of like being in a tense situation just because it feels so real. And it truly was. Um, it's funny. The movie starts in it, and you guys tell me because I don't know. I I love the first Top Gun. I feel like it's a time capsule movie for just a different time. There's something just about the way it's shot that just feels so cool, but also kind of just campy in a way. You know, it's mm-hmm. so over the top, but like in a fun way. The opening scene of Maverick is it the same exact opening as the first movie, or is it like supposed to be close? It's supposed to be close. It is new footage, but it okay. is supposed to be really close because it's. Literally, the song, the, the beats. The song comes in. I got I chills. Think it's like it exactly dropped, the same. Yeah. Uh, which, and they filmed it kind of in that grainier, like that 80s look, but it just mm-hmm. was like, okay, we're here. And the same font titles. Uh-huh. And like, it literally looked exactly the same. Everything about it. Uh, I have to be honest. So, so going into this movie, I texted pretty much every friend group I had that talks about movies that I was freaking pumped for this movie. Like, yeah. Tay, you know, I was telling you, I was seeing the trailers, like, this movie looks amazing. So I was fully hyped, high expectations. The first scene where he gets into the one, like, super jet or whatever, and he absolutely should have been dead by the end of that scene. Sorry for spoilers yeah. here. I was kind of worried how, like, over the top this movie was going to get, right? Because I felt like the first movie felt pretty grounded in, like, what it would be to be an Air Force pilot, you know? Like, like whether I don't know shit about it, but it just felt like, oh, this is probably real. And these guys are assholes and it's competitive and whatever. Yeah. So to see that first scene where he's like, oh, I'm going to push this, this experimental plane to Mach 10.5 and explode, you know, it's like, <laughs> what kind of movie are we getting? And then it yeah. kind of diverged completely from that and went to the movie we got. So I didn't know. Did you guys feel the same way or did that all work for you? 
I mean, I guess I didn't really realize how insane Mach 10 is until afterwards. Yeah. I'd never really, I actually looked into it, and I guess the fastest we've ever gone is like Mach 6. Um, okay. So that's kind of crazy. So like Mach 10, like you're, like, it's the fact that they chose Mach 10 in the movie, um, you know, maybe that's just to remind you, yeah, we're going to have a grounded experience, but I don't know. We're, this is a movie, you know, True. this is a movie. <laughs> and and it set the stage that he's still a total badass pilot. Yeah. Right? Oh, like he's I, I mean, it was a great opening. I loved right. it. No, it's cool. It was cool. I was just like, okay, is this going like more like that Fast and Furious route where we're just going to go over the top, you know, yeah. like it took itself back down to earth for me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think this movie was so perfect on so many levels. We can just gush about it. For, I could gush about it plenty. I mean, from yeah. the casting decisions, everyone worked top to bottom. I thought I, everybody I one week link in the whole cast, everyone felt great and did their part perfectly. John Hamm was the great asshole that had to be an asshole and, you know, had his turn at the end of the movie miles teller and his whole thing and glenn powell being you know the asshole like tough guy pilot i don't know it's a likable asshole but you like he rode he rode that line so well and that is a difficult line to be the dick in the movie to be the biggest (sighs) douchebag cockiest dickhead but Uh you like him because you know what he's not wrong in the movie like when he's saying like roosters can't do this i it's like he's not wrong and he had the right assessment he did he totally did, and he still had his respect. He still maintained a certain level of respect for Maverick. Um, at, I mean, not at the beginning, but I just he rode that line so well. Yeah, and I, I don't agree. And I, I think the whole crew. I mean, I loved mm. Fanboy and Payback and Phoenix and Bob and like Bob. Yeah, <laughs> everyone just it. It really was just like a a perfect culmination of characters and. The way that everyone, the camaraderie that you felt within them, you, you know, you also felt the moments of tension, but the camaraderie was built again with the great beach games that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, yep. And Still a little confused about how the game works. Yeah, yeah it was offense, defense at the same time. It's dogfight football, man. Come on, that's right. Because you're playing in do- when you're dog in a dogfight, you're not just trying to run from the plane; you're also trying to take it down. So you're that's kind true. Of playing an offense and defense. See, this is the insight you get after seeing the movie three times. Yeah. yeah. And, you know what? You know it's crazy? <laughs> I would go see it right now. I'd see like, it with you. I, that's I've been that's the thing. To. It's like every time I'm done, like I, I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Like if someone wanted to see it, I'd be like, okay, let's go. Like I know I could enjoy it just as much, if not more, than I did the time before. Wow. And, and I've thought about this. Um, I, 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 maybe I'll just try to wrap up my thoughts in Top Gun because we can go all night on this. But. I think Top Gun works so well, not just because, again, of the choice to go all out on the practical effects, all out on um, the emotional impact. I mean, why this one works so much better than the first is because the first didn't really, I mean, you heard about Maverick's dad, you never meet him, he's there trying to fly in his shadow, you know, and, and the ultimately they're just trying to compete to be the best pilot. Here, Cruz has so much more to deal with. Maverick has so much more that he's dealing with, especially now with Rooster and that Goose situation. And to see the emotional impact, I get goosebumps every single time that when they embrace at the end of the movie. And Cruz says to Rooster, thank you for saving my life. Because he's not just talking about, hey, thanks for coming back to get me. You know, he saved his life because yeah. Cruz has never been able to forgive himself for Goose. And he's able to kind of, it's like a almost therapy or a therapeutic situation for him to actually help Rooster. And, you know, for Rooster to save him, he's like, hey, it's what my dad would have done. You know, it's just, it's such a great, great moment. Um, and I just, I, I was just so, I was way more emotionally invested in this movie than I ever thought I could be. I sure. thought I was just going to be like, oh, fist pumping. This is great. Look at this action. Look at the flight sequences. This is great. But like my heart's in it too, you know, yeah. and it was just, and I, and I do think the choice to make this movie as apolitical as possible mm-hmm. makes this movie extremely accessible. Yep. There's not a single moment in this movie where it is trying to over convey a certain message, whether it be war is bad or 
even I mean, inherently, it's saying military is badass because it is. I mean, it's just <laughs> no one has to say it, but you just watch it on display and you're just like, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, there's it, no. It doesn't feel like it's part of some giant war machine, you know. Yes. Like, it's like it was a single mission, you know, yeah. with an enemy that we don't know who it is. Yes. Yeah, the enemy. Just you know, an enemy. again, making it as apolitical as possible. There's there's really no politics in this movie. And I think that is a breath of fresh air in today's Hollywood especially when we're talking big Hollywood block, mainstream yeah. blockbusters. Um, I think it's extremely rare to not go to a movie and not catch a, you know, a glimpse of some sort of preachy agenda or message that, you know, I'm willing to just brush off to, if the movie's great, you know, I don't really care, but it's just, it's refreshing. And I think yeah. that's why Top Gun has been so successful because people aren't being preached to in any way and they can just go and enjoy a movie. Tay, how did you feel about Cruz being the nucleus around this world? Cause it expanded. It, it stayed the same, but it expanded quite a bit, you know, and it kind of all has to feed off of him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was kind of curious at first, if this was going to be like Tom's kind of in the background and this is going to be yeah. more centered about the new generation. And I thought it'd be more from Miles Teller's perspective. But it's very much about Maverick still. Like, he is still very much the heart of Top Gun Maverick. Like, well, to, tell to, us in the movie, to be right? clear, Maverick, Maverick is in every scene of the movie. Yeah. The, the, like, Rooster doesn't have a single scene by himself with, like, another cast member having a moment. Yeah. It is, Cruz is present in every single moment in this movie. And I think that was surprising like you said like i didn't know it was like oh is he's gonna be kind of like the rocky balboa in the creed movie that's what you i know? thought yeah. Yeah. yeah or is he gonna be he just took the reins he's like no this is my movie i'm, I'm taking it like <laughs> it's my story <laughs> and are we talking spoilers like i've I spoiled stuff already i guess it's I mean, been over a month yeah. i i think it's great i thought that he was gonna let rooster be the hero and go on the mission but then he ends up he's like no i'm still yeah, I'm, still I'm the, going. I'm still the hero. I'm, I'm still flying blow this the, mission. Yeah, <laughs> but it made no sense for him not to go when he was clearly right. the best pilot they had. Yeah, right. Like he should have been involved from the start and yeah. found the other three. But whatever. That's not not here nor there. Um, yeah, it's like this movie. Like the way you think about it, it's like okay, this is a sequel that's happening. What thirty years later? Yeah, almost. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going. This has been thought about for how long? You know how many people have had their hands on this script or on oh, this yeah. story that have been like, you could take it a million angles and somehow just from the grace of God that they've managed to pick the exact story that would have the most emotional impact and be just as thrilling to go through, you know, mm -hmm. like that's just a gem. Like you don't find movies like that. Think about how many sequels are just an abomination or they just kind of devalue the original. It's like this one yeah. somehow made the first one feel so much more, you yeah. know, way more. It's way kind more. of the, it's kind of the Blade Runner effect. A 100%. Bit. Yeah. It, it, Cause goose dying in the first one is sad. It's so sad. Yeah, it is. He lost his best friend and that's an emotional moment, but it's also a lot of him trying to bone his teacher, you know, like if yeah. <laughs> like, there's this like silliness to and it. And actually boning his teacher. And yeah, actually yeah. Yeah, not her. trying. Yeah. He succeeds, you know? Uh, and then yeah. this movie, it's like, man, it's that father son relationship yep. it's it's growing old with old friends and frenemies and you know with val kilmer it's yep. all of these parts that it's like man they figured it out and they, they executed did. it perfectly it's just chef's kiss I, yeah i didn't feel i felt like the original top gun there's a lot of unintentional comedy going on yep. oh, yeah. throughout that movie i don't get the same vibe with tom like top gun maverick it's very intentional Any, anytime yeah. you laugh they they're they know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. There's not a moment that's like not supposed to be funny. Uh-huh. And, and every character gets their kind of full arc too. You yeah. Know? Like the last scene, I knew that they were going to get saved. You never think you, you're worried. You're like, oh shit, they might die. Like that's yeah. good on them because they made it actually really tense, but you're not really worried. But it's the whole time I was waiting for Hangman. It's like Hangman's got to sh yeah. show up at the yeah. end. And they push it to the limit where you're actually thinking like maybe he won't and they do. And it's so satisfying. It's like, it's just so much 
thought went into this and it's a lot of care and a lot of love. And, and I think Cruz was a huge part of that. And that's yeah. like what he does with the mission impossible movies. I think, I think no matter what he's putting like every bit of his effort into making these things great and making it yep. so people love them. And that's something to be respected. And to get an idea, I, I read this. So the way that Top Gun, this, this finally was coming about, I think he was in Paris filming um, Fallout, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the producer, Jerry Bruckheimer, or it might have been Don Simpson, I don't know who, they had the script and they were antsy to get it to Cruz. So they found, they had 30, you know, they finally found a window to meet with Cruz. I'm sure it's impossible to get five minutes with Tom Cruise, but they're like, Hey, we, you have 30 minutes. He's in his Paris hotel in, in a hotel in Paris. Go talk to him. So Cruise allowed him to come pitch Top Gun in 30 minutes to him. After the pitch, Cruise picks up the phone, calls the head of Paramount and tells them we're making another Top Gun movie. Yes. And the rest is history. Yeah. Like I, wow. I love the, I love the star power. Like yeah. I, you know, Cruise is in charge of that company. I mean, oh. he's just whatever Cruise wants, he's gonna get because that he's, you know, and rightfully so because he's uh-huh. he's made him tons of money and he's serious. He's demonstrated that he's serious about his craft, and I, I do love that about Cruise. Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of actors, would have just like, oh, let's just have fun. Let's do another Top Gun. Fine, mm-hmm. I'll be in the sequel kind of thing. Cruise, like, he he really cared about it. And it shows in every single scene in that movie. And I, I just, he's the greatest, you said it earlier, Ben, I think he's the greatest Hollywood movie star we've ever had in our generation, at least. So looking yeah. at, looking ahead for him, I just pulled up his upcoming projects. I'm IMDb. glad you did this. Cause I was going to do this later, but I think this is a good segue. It's, so this is pretty it's so silly. This, it's pretty funny, right? So he's got, he's got two mission impossibles with Christopher McQuarrie. Top yep. Gun Maverick, also the screenplay written by Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. So like that's like his guy. That's like his partner. Basically. And McQuarrie, I think, directed and wrote Nation and Fallout. Yes, he did. So um, and he's doing the later ones. Um, yeah. So we have the Edge of Tomorrow sequel, and they're making a movie in partnership with SpaceX. The first yeah. movie filmed in outer space. Like, at he's this the point, only person that to do that. Like, he has yeah, to be the one so... to do it. Him. Yeah. I think moving forward, it's literally like he's controlling every aspect of how a movie's made. He's got mm-hmm. his crew of guys, Doug Lyman and Christopher McQuarrie are his guys, and I think that's all we're gonna see moving forward. Yeah. And he's and he's decided that he's going to push the limits of what these action movies can be, right? And like Fast and Furious is out there, yes, they're over the top, but it's like no, Cruz is like, no, we're going to do this on a level that no one else is even attempting. Yeah. Right. And, and we're not just going to CGI a car, you know, a car yeah. jump or something. We're going to do it. Right. And it's kind of scary. And other people have made this joke. So this isn't original, but it's like, we've kind of just signed a contract that Cruz is going to die <laughs> making. A yeah. Movie, right. Like Andy Greenwald said that on the watch podcast. And I'm like, that's so true. It is so true because everything, the guy's what 60. How old is he? I, I don't know. I think yeah, he's 59. He, he turns 60 next week. Okay. Oh, wow. He's clearly like obviously Top Gun was filmed in 2019, 2020. Obviously, he's still got the muscles. He's still got the bod. He's working out. He's doing his thing. But man, he's pushing it for anybody, for anybody working. He is pushing it with these. Scientology is keeping him in tip top shape. <laughs> dude, they've got some magic potions. That they are, are dude. Him. The whole the whole crew is keeping him propped up, bro. You, you know how like you know how, like leading men, they always kind of shift into like that old man, the grandpa type role, uh-huh. where they kind of take a step back and the, yeah. maybe they're like a mentor. I don't know if Tom's gonna do that. No, no, and at least not for a long time. <laughs> he's going like, down, kicking and screaming. He's got like fifteen years before he considers that. I think. I am very curious to see what he does like in the next 10 years, you know, five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a, I mean, father time, it's got to catch up at some point, but he seems to refuse to let it slow him down. So power to him for that. I, I want to pivot from thinking about Cruz in this way and how he approaches his projects. Um, you could be cynical and say, it's just very calculated and very like, it's not really original what he does in these kind of movies like mission impossible. I couldn't tell you anything about those movies, like the story. I know it's just going to show up and it's spies betraying each other back and forth. It's going to go on and on stuff's going to happen, whatever. Moving back to Gyllenhaal. 
he's kind of decided to do things that are extremely psychological, mm-hmm. very open-ended. There's nothing obvious about most of what he does in any role, right? But thinking about his recent work, okay, I'm going to start with the most recent to, you know, a little later, Ambulance, which we will talk about, The Guilty, which came out last year, which was a COVID movie. Then we've got Spider-Man, Far From Home, Velvet Buzzsaw, which we all saw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Movie. And then The Sisters Brothers, which I did not see. Did you I did see, see that, that? What yeah, was your quick? Did you like it? I I liked it. Was Forgettable he part though. Of the movie. Yeah, he he wasn't like the main driver um, of the movie. There was actually because yeah, it was I believe it was him, John C. Riley. Um, there was another character. Oh, big it's actor. Uh, Joker. Was it Walk- What's his name? Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. It was those three. And actually, if I remember correctly, Jake G had a smaller role of those two. Yep. Um. So, yeah, it, it was the movie was fine. It was forgettable. I never felt like I needed to watch it again. And if you keep going back a little further, he also did Stronger right before then, which um, was the biopic. He did another Oscar Uh huh. Which was a Netflix project. It just feels like very far removed from the roles he was doing through the two thousands mm-hmm. to what he's doing now. And I just want more from him. Yeah, I want something that I feel like the story is so much greater than these things he's been in, right? Because right. I I watched Ambulance, and Taylor, that's a ride. I give you that. Bilmo, did you get around to seeing that one? Never. I haven't seen it. My my brother absolutely hated it. I absolutely <laughs> hated it. Okay, I it it is funny to talk about after, but I did not like watching it going into it. And yeah. the thing is, is that JG is fine in it. Like he's energetic. He's got this charisma about him. You like seeing him on screen. I'm just like, why am I wasting my time watching you be in this bullshit for two and a half hours? This Michael Bay bullshit. You know, like, I just want him to be in something else that's more impactful. You know, I want him to be in a movie like a Top Gun. It doesn't have to be a Top Gun type movie, but just a movie that I'm like, wow, look at all this that came together. He never seems to be in that movie anymore. And that makes me really sad. And Taylor, I'm curious where you feel with this because. I know you left ambulance going, yes, that was great. (laughs) I had an incredible time watching ambulance. That movie is a ride from minute one to minute two or 125 or whatever it is when it ends. 160. It's so long. (laughs) It's, and they are in the ambulance, like from the 15 minute mark. Like he's playing absolute unhinged, maniacal off his rocker. He's he's a bad guy. He's not a good guy. Like he's he's definitely the that. yeah. He's definitely an anti. Not even an anti hero. I don't even know what, how to describe it. Um, but yeah, I I agree though. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, I feel like he's always just been on the fringe of actual like greatness. Like I definitely consider him an A lister, but mm-hmm. some of his choices, I feel like he's just never had that home run. Like he's always he's getting like especially the past five like five movies you listed off like it's it's just not it's not connecting like i saw velvet buzzsaw and i was very disappointed like and he's good re- in that movie he is yeah good. Like he's, he's a good part of the movie but again it's a muddled movie right exactly else that's going on he's good in everything he's in so like spider-man far from home he's pretty good i thought he was a pretty he's buddy buddy with tom holland in the first half of the movie and i thought he had pretty good chemistry with him like i thought that was that was one of the best parts of that movie um but yeah, I th- it sounds like Ben is calling for a, a Gillisance, if you will. Gillisance. <laughs> I think yeah. we, we've had a pod on here where we've discussed. I think where we recognized we 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 were. I think we were having a Gillisance. Uh huh. Um, I think it was in the midst of Nocturnal Animals that came. Yes, out. Nocturnal Animals is great. Yes, and that's like that's the kind of movies I want him in. Like yeah. I want, I'm frustrated because I want him to be having like the Christian Bale, you know, Ryan Gosling kind of career, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's almost all make, like he's, he's making all his shots. He's not missing. Um, yeah. Sure. Like you do a few that don't, you know, not perfect. Like I don't expect perfection in any of this way, but it's like, it just feels like he's been in a drought for putting his talents to use. And that disappoints me. It just makes me sad. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. 
he was on a pretty good run, right? So after Prince of Persia, this is what he had. He had Love and Other Drugs, Source Code. Source which Code's I, great. I like Source Code. Um, Source Code's great. End of Watch is great. Prisoners. Mm, yep. I didn't actually see Enemy. Enemy. Ooh. Um, Enemy's good. It's good. It's it's uh, another great psychological movie. performance, yeah. similar to. I mean, it's Denis, you know, so it's a similar performance to Prisoners. And then you got Nightcrawler, incredible. Okay. Um, I don't remember Accidental Love at all. It's got a four point one IMDb. I'm guessing that was probably- a. If I remember correctly, that was a movie that was like shot and made, but was like never released, and it was discovered and re. I don't know. Oh, like kind re- of a mess. So I'm just gonna ignore yeah. that one. But then you got Southpaw, Everest, and Demolition, which I think are all solid. Like that's a pretty, that's a pretty good. I would right say there. all solid performances. I don't know. Those are very blah movies. Yeah, like Southpaw, very blah movie. I, I mean, okay. People I think like he needs Southpaw, to steer. I felt the same way. Very because. Jake G kills it. Yeah. Like Jake G is awesome in that movie. Like he really, he kills it. He owns it. But the, the movie sucked. Like I, I just, I, Fuqua, <laughs> I'm down. Fuqua was not, I, I think he needs to steer away from Anton Fuqua. You see, he um, keeps ta- attaching himself to Fuqua and Fuqua did the guilty. His yeah. most recent movie. And that movie is experimental in the sense that it's basically an audio experience. Yeah. It's a COVID. It was a COVID movie. I, it, I still thought it was engaging. I was still curious to where it was going, but it was still just kind of a one note show. Right. It, it was, it was just playing the same beat the whole movie. Yeah. And you know, I, and I don't really fault them too much, but it's just, again, it's like, can we get, yeah, I don't fault Jay. Stuff? Yeah. He's got a, he's got to find a director, just like a prolific director to attach Denis. to. Yeah. Denis. Think about it. He needs to be with Denise. Denise <laughs> yeah, for the rest of his dude. life. <laughs> he's the next Dune. I don't know which role. I don't care. I don't Show care. Show up in Dune too, dude. He's got to be working with him. So that's where we're at. Because like you think about Quentin, right? He's got Samuel L. He's got Brad Pitt. You know, he's got his guys that basically just go with him. Yeah, I guess Jake's got to. He's got to butter himself up to Denis. I, I guess that's that's the move for him. I and I know. guess I, I think it makes sense why we're frustrated because I don't. This pod isn't meant to shit on Jake. We, this is this no. this pod is meant to be because we care about him. We're concerned. Yeah. You know? This is a concerned. Is podcast. this an intervention this is a for Jake? Very concerned podcast because we love Jake G. I mean, again, you can go back to any of our movie pods, and I believe he gets mentioned at least once. And just even if it's one breath, that we're trying. We, we are big supporters. We love him, and so okay. we're concerned when we're not seeing the product that his potential, you know, will shine. Um, you know, it's like we keep saying he's always the best part of his movies. He is. Mm-hmm. Whether they're dog shit or whether they are best picture noms, you know, it's he is still killing it. Um, like that's Velvet Buzzsaw was a great the, example. And, and and just not to cut cut you off there, but he, that's where like the Tom Cruise Venn diagram is. It's like I just like watching his face on screen. Yeah, like, you just you just like to see him there. Like you, it's just he feels like he should be there. Yeah, and I want that. So. And, and, and did you have another thought on Velvet before I? No, I was just saying, like Velvet's just another example. I think he's he's doing something interesting, uh, you know, in yeah. that role. He yeah. is not. He's going outside of his. You know, if you look at Nightcrawler, Prisoners, and Velvet Buzzsaw, he's doing very different things in each of these movies. Velvet, very different yeah. characters. Very like, he's a great actor. You know, because he yeah. can encapsulate these different, you know, personas and display them great on screen, just like better than almost anybody in the business but it's just i wish you know i just wish the movies worked more often to yes. match his performance yes and it's frustrating because it's not all his fault and i get that actors can't always just pick winners you know i think when you're in the in the middle of the movie making it you have no idea what mm-hmm. this movie will look like it's so hard you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. i you know i always look back to an interview you know shout out hugh jackman the, what a boss um but he said he's like because people kind of give him shit about x-men origins wolverine shitty ass movie yeah. um but i will always respect people you know he's never just gone back and shat on it he's just like you know what like i remember making that movie and everybody was working their ass off as if like this was the gonna be the best movie ever yeah and i love you know and i think that's true for most actors i don't know that there's a lot especially if we're talking jake g i don't think he's picking a movie because he thinks it's going to be dog shit 
You know, it's like, no, I don't either. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't, it's not cohesive in the end. And maybe it's due to script issues. Maybe it's the director. Fuqua, I would argue is probably his issue, but yeah, very average, you know, there's so many moving pieces. And so it's hard and it's frustrating when Jay it's out of Jake's control. He doesn't have a lot of what I would call paycheck movies. As far as like, yeah, for sure. No, he doesn't. I would say like zero. I mean, the MCU. I mean, Spider Man. You could argue, but I think he's he's doing he's having that, fun in that role. But that was a fun know? role again, and that's like the ambulance yeah. movie. It was like he he clearly had a great time making. He it, wanted to work know? with Michael Bay. You know, it's yeah, like I want to have fun making a movie. You're going to work with Michael Bay. You're probably going to have a damn good time. And Thank I don't God fault the guy. <laughs> I don't fault him for doing that. I it, the thing is is that he is a busy guy. And he's clearly going to keep working hard because he is tied to currently 18 projects, future projects uh, on IMDb. Um, and yeah. and that is in some ways concerning because sometimes <laughs> you wonder, like, are <laughs> you spreading you going... yourself too thin? Yeah. Like, what, what are you really attaching yourself to, you know? And I understand. And you make a great point, Bill Mo, because some movies people make and they go this is going to be a masterpiece and it flops right and maybe it comes back around later maybe it doesn't there's some movies that are completely dysfunctional horrible productions terrible everything and then they come out and everyone loves that movie forever and it goes down in infamy so i don't blame any actor for going through that process and feeling like yeah i was doing my best didn't happen the way everyone worked their ass off yeah yeah like i i respect the hustle and so this isn't me saying jg you're pissing me off here like i you just need to work less yeah know, don't work less i just want him to you know get lucky you know like he's in a cold streak right now and i just hope the next five years we get a few roles that's like yes thank you this worked out exactly it's kind of we would hope it to from past yeah. experiences you know so i i don't know like tay i was looking at his <laughs> next movies and this year he's in he's voice acting for a disney cartoon called strange world i don't know anything about it um so that's just a voice acting role he's also tied to a video game movie called the division um with jessica chastain so have video game movies really worked ever no no No. (laughs) but he's tied to a lot of stuff but the one he made is one of my favorites which one prince of persia yeah it's one of the better ones that's fine yeah, it's I, it's nothing to write home about, but I thought he was good in it. Like you said, he's he's the best thing of pretty much yeah. every movie he's in. Right. I think the biggest difference, full circle between Tom and Jake, is Jake is willing to get weird with it. As totally. far as like oh, yeah. within the inner psyche, he's willing to dig deep into a character that's flawed and to be vulnerable and show that flaw. And Tom likes to be the good guy in almost an pure like a pure integral good person like in pretty much everything he's in he's typically not a flawed character looking at tom's work he's typically absolute good at least yeah, from what i'm is seen. lawful good or is he neutral <laughs> yeah. good too? he's lawful good yeah <laughs> and what's jg is he chaotic good or is he chaotic bad I chaotic think neutral. Yeah, yeah, I think he's chaotic neutral. Chaotic with, neutral is a great way of describing him. Yeah. I think his his best roles, the character is always a little off the rocker. We need to like, use the Skyrim character ratings yeah. for each actor that we talk about. <laughs> let's there. do it. Let's, let's adopt this 100%. Because <laughs> it's true. I think chaotic neutral is a perfect way to put it, and a lawful good is is Tom Cruise. I think yeah. that's I think that's spot on. Can you name <laughs> one flaw in Tom Cruise where he was actually the bad guy in Top Gun Maverick? Even the times where you think he's the bad guy, he's technically not the bad guy. I'm straining my brain. I mean, you mean yeah, you in made... the movie Top Gun or just in his, yeah, in a, in, in his in, career? In Top Gun Maverick, Maverick specifically, because like he pulls Rooster's papers, I mean, right? Yeah, he's constantly doing breaking the rules. Yeah, he pulled Goose's papers thinking he's he was doing the right thing. He's well, taking the plane off yeah. when he knows it should be grounded, but he's doing it to save the jobs of those guys. You know, he... He's always, he's always has the, the right martyr. intentions. Yeah. Yeah. He's always the martyr. <laughs> he's he's willing, willing to, to take the that, fall. That pain, potentially die so everyone else can have a, a, yes. good life for a full life. Yeah. Very, very much a JC complex with him. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll take on the sin so everyone else can. can you imagine Tom Cruise doing a role like Nightcrawler or 
you know. I mean, I, that's the thing is I, I can. Really? Because that's he's demonstrated. Because in real life, in real he just life, won't. He is that weirdo. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because <laughs> you'd be like, oh, shit, he's being himself now. This is creepy. You know I don't mean? think anything about Tom Cruise. I mean, I, he, his talent is there. He totally could do something. Like we said, he's done those types of roles. I mean, he's he killed it in yeah in uh, what Paul PTA Magnolia. Magnolia he freaking killed yeah. it. That was such a like diverse, you know, like complicated, complex character that he did. Yeah. the The question isn't whether he can; it's whether he will, and he won't. I just don't think he, he won't. won't. It's not, especially at this point in his career, things are working. He loves making movies. He loves bringing it to the to the theaters. He loves spectacle. Uh, I I don't know. I don't really see Tom Cruise doing like an Oscar movie. I've know? I've got your analogy, dude. He's like the quarterback that used to scramble for a few yards, but now he's like, fuck it. I'm just I'm just dropping yeah. it to my knees, dude. You can get this going. I'm not taking a hit. Like we're we're gonna preserve yep. this thing for as long as we can. Yeah. And you know, so, and, I don't know this isn't my original thought. I read this and I think it's very, I think Top Gun Maverick also encapsulates a lot of Tom Cruise's career and, yeah, and, yeah. or the state of movies, mm-hmm. um, specifically the opening scene with the, with Ed Harris. And he's saying, you know, the future is coming and you're not in it. He's telling Cruise that, you know, he's yeah. like, look, the future is, Jurassic World Dominion. The future is Fast and Furious. The future is the CGI, is the MCU. It's, this is what people want. The future. It's streaming. This is what's making money. Sorry, your your time of your movies and your blog, you're done. And I love Cruz's line. He goes, that you may be right, but not yet. You know, yeah. and Top Gun is saying, look, not yet. We're, like, this type of movie still exists and can still be massive success it broke records still breaking records the movie made i think six million dollars less than lightyear in its fourth weekend on on lightyear's (laughs) opening weekend domestically (laughs) which is which is wild a pixar movie a pixar opening doing barely better than a fourth weekend on Top Gun, like but that movie looked like absolute dog shit. Yeah, I haven't seen right it there. But I'm anyway, not going to. No, it's still wild, dude. For a kids' movie, Pixar opening, yeah, unprecedented. That's crazy. Yeah, and so I just think, unconsciously, that's another reason why we love Top Gun. It's just like, yeah. oh, these movies are still here, you know? Because the following, yeah, the following weekends we got we got Jurassic World Dominion, then we got Lightyear. And then, and then we have Thor coming out next week. So it's just like, oh, so he, he, Top Gun's here to shine just for a little bit before we go back to, you know, this kind of standard dog shit that we're used to mm-hmm. um, and being fed. And I just I love that Top Gun can represent that forever, that while while Tom Cruise is still alive and working, he's not going anywhere. And these movies aren't going anywhere. And I think we can look forward to Mission Impossible for those reasons, too. It's going to be a good time. So the parting shots before we log off. Tay, director for both, JG Cruz. Who you who who you pairing them up with for a, a movie? This one was tough because the original question was a director they haven't worked with. And finding a director that Tom Cruise hasn't worked with after forty years was hard. Wait, I, I, I said actually have time one. or again. I said either one. I I, I think it's yeah. more interesting for first time though. Yeah, I think that's, again. Yeah. Yeah, so like my original for Tom, I was like, let's see Tom in a Ridley Scott movie. He's worked with Ridley Scott. I know. I figured that out. And then I was like, (laughs) I was thinking about it. I was like, I think Tom Cruise in a David Fincher movie would be sick. That's yeah. That's that's someone that would be a complete change from anything he's done. What about for Jake? For Jake, I want Jake in a Spielberg movie. I want to. I want him to go with a real with a real heavy hitter. Yeah, I want him. With a real, like the best in the biz, I think that's what he needs to get back. Uh, I would say like early two thousand Spielberg, but yeah, I don't want him as of late near. Spielberg. Yeah, I don't need Jake G in here. Spielberg no. movie right now, dude. I want him with PTA, man. I think PTA would write him Ooh. such an interesting role. There'd be uh, make him the lead or make him that I don't know supporting actor. For PTA is a good one for Jake G. I didn't he, think of him. I feel like they would meld so well yeah, because JG's they would. funny, you know, and everything with PTA has got some level of humor with it. I, 
I just like that would be a dream come true if they could somehow get together. Cruz what about harder. you for Cruz? This one was harder, and I think he if he showed up in Tarantino's last movie. Ooh. And I pick I'm picking heavy hitter directors here, but I think if he showed up, I think that would be impactful. I think that would mean something to everybody. And yes. Tarantino would have also a way of writing him in to either subvert our expectations of him in a way that we would, would be genuinely thrilling or interesting. Or he would be such a good bad guy or something that it would just work. I don't know. Well, and I, he's the only big director he hasn't worked with. Hasn't yet. worked with. Yeah. That yeah, is a good I, point. That is an excellent choice. So I know those are very obvious because obviously most people you would want <laughs> that are good to work with those kind of guys. But I think with where they're at in their careers and these directors' careers, it would just be this in- very, very yeah. interesting experience. What about you? Man? I like where did that. you land? So Jake G. Uh, Refn, I think would be okay. very interesting because he likes, he's worked with the foreign director before with Denis kind of the first time, you know, I love how like you have that parallel Gosling gave Refn his first big shot on drive. Jake G gave, you know, Denis his first big shot on enemy and prisoners. Mm-hmm. And I feel like marry the two, you know, Refn and Jake G cause Denis already worked with Gosling. So yeah. why don't we cross Refn with, with Jake G? I think this would be, I think that's a like- Ooh, nice deep cut. I think there, it would be awesome. I like that. All right, what about Cruz? Um, Cruz, uh, I was actually thinking Fincher too, just because Fincher seems like the only director. I mean, Tarantino would be up there. Uh, I didn't think about Tarantino because I just thought he'd worked with them before, but he hasn't. Um, but Fincher, I do think. I mean, you give him something like that's not going to be. Hey, Tom Cruise, you're going to do a bunch of stunts. You're not going to sprint in this movie one time. Yeah. Um, Fincher would give him something a little more meditative, a little more subdued, like give him like something in the realm of like a Affleck with gone girl type role. Like, I just think Fincher could give him something that it's like, okay, Tom Cruise isn't here just to show you how cool and fun he is. But like, let's see his, you know, his acting chops over 40 years of, of acting and what they've culminated to. I think Fincher could get that out of him. I like that. Yeah. Fincher would put him in a great spot as well. And I think could pull some stuff out of him that we haven't seen in a long time. And, and you know, I think Damien Chazelle should just work both with both of them. You know, let's put them together <laughs> in the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Damien. What, what's Damien Chazelle's next project? Does he have one right now? Coming out this year. What is Babylon it? Babylon with Brad oh, Pitt okay. I don't, and I don't Toby. Know. Toby, yeah, that's what I was is he lead? About. Is Toby the lead? I want to say he's he's you know like second or third build. So I think oh, he has a big yes. part. Okay, I'm getting. And okay. so and it, it, the fantastic. whole movie's about it's set in period Hollywood. So mm. it's going to be an Oscar nommed, but I don't give a shit because it's it'll be out. fun. It'll be great. It'll be dude. great. All right, guys. I think this has been a great analysis of some very influential and well loved actors. I appreciate both of them very much. Tom Cruise, just keep doing your thing. Stay safe out there. JG. Jake G, if you're listening, we're concerned. We're love you. We're here, we're for, you, here for you. But we're concerned. <laughs> Our concern <laughs> comes from a place of love. It's all love. It, I mean, if we're rolling the dice, one of these 18 movies is going to be good. I mean, yeah. just statistically, you can't miss on all 18. So I'm, I'm holding I mean, to that. Um, all right, guys. Any last thoughts before we hop off? We're gonna stick to our uh, under an hour rule here. So yeah, uh, good? I think I feel good. I think I've got everything I have to say. Top Gun, go see it in IMAX as many times as possible before you have to sit and watch it in your home. Mm. Um, and Jake G, go check out Nightcrawler. Go check out Prisoners. <laughs> don't don't check out anything he's done in the last I don't know five years. Just go back from Nocturnal down. You can work Nocturnal your way down. down. Get some good Gyllenhaal in your system. Hell yes. Tay, what's the next movie you're seeing in the theaters? Oh, man. I might go see the new Elvis biopic. I might give yeah. that a shot. Mm. Yeah. I saw the I black like phone. Three hours, it's, isn't it? it's two hours and 40 minutes. It's, it's heavy. I'm out. Tell me about it later. Black phone's sick, though, right? You love that one. I had I a great time. That. Recommend. I think my next one I'm genuinely pumped for is Bullet Train. I think that movie looks really fun. Ooh, yes. Uh, it, that might be a get the the boys on the pod together and try and see that one together. Yes. It looks like I'm seeing Thor next week uh, with my work. Oh, hell yeah, dude. So I'll, it's a I'll, week early, isn't it? No, it comes out next Friday. It's, it's a week from Friday. 
Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's obviously. I'm excited to see that one too. Christian Bale, let's go. I think movies right. are back, though. I think the theaters are back. The the COVID delay. Thanks to I Top think, Gun. Is, over. Yep, Top, Top Gun, Gun brought us back. <laughs> brought it back. The reclamation. Hell yes. All right, people, keep going and seeing the movies in the theater. Keep them alive. Keep them strong. And we're gonna keep talking about them. All right, boys. Till next time. <laughs>